0: Hey, 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 drama listeners. This is Dylan coming at you right before our new episode featuring the return of Krista Rodriguez with just a little bit of an announcement. You might have heard we're relaunching our Patreon with a new name, Drama Plus, and you can subscribe via the link right in our episode notes below where you're going to continue to get bonus episodes. We can promise two a month as well as Instagram close friends access and so much more. We are having a blast over there on Drama Plus, and you're definitely going to want to get on the action, especially considering all that we have in store now that we've celebrated our three-year anniversary with this episode and some gag-worthy things that are coming soon. Connor and I want to thank you all for all of your support over the last three years, and year four is going to be the best yet. We love you all so, so much. I think it's time we get on with the show, though press
1: play curtain up and now we're in it's time to take in the shade and tea to spill oh drama oh that's a tweet did they book who got on the option no i'm not well what star will we talk to today oh that's a gag honey say no more drama drama, drama. welcome to drama a podcast that covers theater Pop culture. Love. And life. I'm Connor McDowell.
0: And I am Dylan McDowell. I'm like so
1: giddy all of a sudden <laughs> doing this. <laughs> I know, me too. Me too. This is a a historic moment for the pod, really. Or as you like to say, an historic. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> oh my god. But Dylan. You know, we're celebrating our three year anniversary and going to our fourth year of podcasting. Right. Our Wednesdays have never been the same. No. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Our, our lives have never been the same yeah. in mean, between. Is everything. this our senior year of podcasting? Oh my God. And now we're going to rule the no. school. No, like I don't Rizzo know. I think says. it's junior year. Yeah, we're going to rule the school. Yep, absolutely. Dylan, we've never done this before, mm-hmm. but before we dive into the guest, what are you feeling? I mean, how, how is everything? How is your, how's your week going? Everything's great. I'm so excited because I think by the time this comes
0: out, our new logo will be unveiled after our beautiful photo shoot. Our website will be updated, and a new era of drama is is upon all of us, and it's going to be so exciting. I mean, we've had almost all of our dream guests, and a few a few new ones that are coming along the pike. Uh-huh. But it has just been the most incredible three years, and I do not know where I would be without this podcast.
1: Oh, me too. I know. I mean, I, I especially you. Not to like speak for you, but I know at the time you were feeling very creatively stifled. You were really looking for something to fill up your life outside of work and just the humdrum of every day. And I know this has meant so much to you back then and just as much now. So Absolutely. And you as well. I mean, the the day we launched the podcast, you started your new
0: job in theater advertising. So you had a lot going on at once but here we are we're still standing and more to come because next week i'm very excited about this this is something that's going to be changing with drama is once a month there are going to be episodes of just you and me we're calling them twin talks
1: just the twins same drama but even more in depth with with your favorite twins to ever exist on our world famous i know if there's any
0: if there's any other famous twins out there ignore them because we're the only (laughs) ones that matter but yeah it's going to be hot topics we're going to have y'all writing in with your drama for us to talk about and read about it's going to be so much fun people have been asking for this for for years yes yes so this is it's just taking our confidence to trust in ourselves to be able to hold down the fort without
1: super fancy guests like like today's i know and speaking of today's guest i mean she really started it all she gave us as i said the street cred yes she gave us so much confidence in ourselves and what a woman I know. Like a legend. And I remember people being like, wait, you have a podcast? And wait, Krista
0: Rodriguez was your first guest? Like, to this day, people will mention this episode, which I did painfully re-listen to. And I have to say, it was an amazing episode. <laughs> the bones, bones were there. The bones were there, as you said, Connor. And I just remember sitting down in that room in Shuttler Studios Krista was about to head off to a matinee of Seared at MCC. Oh my gosh. It was a brisk fall day. And you know, here we are, a global pandemic later. And I'm so excited to catch up with Krista.
1: And we all know how to use Zoom now. This is going to be
0: amazing. I'm going to bring her in with a little bit of an updated resume from last time. Ooh, here we go. I, I did leave some things out because like I said, I don't want to retread old things. It all started with this guest in 2019 with the kindness generosity and fabulous conversation provided by Chris Rodriguez drama kicked off in style you'll remember we discussed the superstars time as Anna Vargas on smash the Netflix series Daybreak as Ms. Crumble and her theatrical career in spring awakening not once but twice first date in the heights good vibrations the Adams family a chorus line and much more. Since chatting about her play Seared, which she sat down with us before a matinee of, as I said, she received a 2020 Outer Critics Circle honor for her role. Ms. Rodriguez also starred as Megan Hercules, was the leading lady of The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, a drag holiday extravaganza film, and appeared as Liza Minnelli to critical acclaim on Halston opposite Ewan McGregor on Netflix. She is currently bringing her talent to the St. James Theater as Cinderella in our favorite show of the season, Into the Woods on Broadway, soon to depart for the collaboration at MTC opposite Jeremy Pope and Paul Bettany. I mean... Work, please welcome back to drama, Krista Krista Rodriguez.
1: Rodriguez.
2: Okay, you literally were like, everyone knows how to use Zoom now, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't know how to unmute myself. That was good start. Good start. Good
0: start.
2: Hi, guys.
1: Hello, Krista. Thanks for doing this.
2: Of course, I'm excited to be here.
1: Welcome back to drama. I remember when you agreed
0: to do this of your own free will and accord, you know, three years ago, I remember saying to you after we wrapped recording, I said, why did you do this? Like, why did you agree? And you said, you're just nice guys and seemed cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, like to support new ventures and, and things that are um, like you were saying in your intro, like something that can be a creative outlet for you and, and um, you know, get you into a better headspace i didn't know all of that behind that but Mm -hmm. just if you're starting something like this and putting together something creative it's a real risk so definitely um, i try to to help people out as long as well thank you
0: yeah i remember you when you first came on you had said you said drama like you like how we say it and Uh so many people texted us the day that that episode came out and they said i literally got chills when krista said drama
1: Seriously, you know what else I remember? Daybreak on Netflix had just dropped. So, so many yeah. people were like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You guys had her on. We just binged it over the weekend. Amazing. <laughs> yes, that was a crazy
2: time. That was like, I was doing Hercules and my show at 54 and Seared yeah. and Daybreak was coming out. It was just, and then I, I got um, Halston at that same time. So it was yes, really, really busy and really ramping up. And then mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot.
1: We all yes. know. <laughs> Wait, well, so Halston was was that filming pre-COVID? Because I know it yes. came out. Didn't it come out in twenty twenty one?
2: It did. So we were filming. We finished one episode in through February to March of twenty twenty, and then had to shut down. And so we finished the rest of it in September through December of twenty twenty, and then it came out in May of twenty one.
1: Wow! 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 Wow!
0: wow. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, yeah. I loved it. That was such a good show. I mean, you Thanks. when you were cast as Liza, it's always a risk. You never know what someone's going to oh. do. But you were so, you had her essence without being, you know, an impersonation. You know, impersonator. Yes. It was so good. Was that a choice that they had said during the auditions? Or was that something that you just came to them with?
2: It was a bit of a, you know, a mixture of things. we I had a callback with Dan Minahan, the director, and we toyed with all levels of it in the callback. It was like, okay, nice. give us your full Liza. Okay, give us your least Liza. <laughs> give us your mid Liza, you know. And so we had a bunch of different kind of calibrations. And I think on the day I realized, I felt like I was just kind of being put through my paces to see how facile I was. But I think it was also um, an exploration about how far we wanted to go based on how it was gonna, um, you know, the the show is called Halston. It's not called Liza. So mm-hmm. Liza functions not as Liza Minnelli's story in that she functions as an A relationship to the main character of Halston Mm -hmm. so it wasn't as important for us to like be Liza as it was for us to be Halston's friend and what those behind the scenes relationships mean because Mm. everyone has seen the photos of them together no one has seen the way they spoke to each other in in you know behind closed doors so that was sort of the what we wanted to find so it was a little bit of just a gradual decision. Also, I'm not an impersonator. I don't know how to do an impersonation. You know, <laughs> I could I could try to be the most caricature of it, but I'm not going to be able to get like a bang on SNL impersonation of Liza at all. So
0: the Kristen Weg.
2: <laughs> right. That's a benefit of having a, you know, being an actor and having that tool at your disposal, which is trying to find the essence, like you said, or the ways yeah. that you know, she needs to have that emotional life.
1: Gosh, it's funny you mentioned that it was kind of about their relationship and we didn't know what it was like behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Because thinking back on the show, I don't even remember if you had scenes without him. Like I can just no. remember you having such a lovely, affectionate bond with yeah. him on the show. And you're, yeah, you're right. I can picture you, you like holding him or sitting at dinner with yeah. him. You know? Yeah, we're always
2: like wound up each other, and I almost don't have scenes with other anybody else either mm-hmm. because my function in that narrative was he was very hard to work with and very temperamental mm-hmm. and had all these problems, <laughs> and I was sort of the emotional life to say he can open up. This is actually the love story. It's not him and Victor. It's not him and you know, and and um, Ed. It's him and Liza and how and her husbands you know it's like oh, yeah. they have all these things sort of going around them but the real love story is is the two of them
0: now did did miss Manelli reach out did her team reach out did what was the storyline there
2: no um uh ewan wanted to have a discussion with her before because she's notoriously very protective of paulson oh, and his story okay. um and so he had a lunch with her which i only know the details of which he decided to share with me but it seemed that it was really lovely and loving and she fell in love with him which of course who wouldn't Um, he's the greatest and he fell in love with her and they just had a really nice special connection and that happened all before I had joined on to the project and it felt to me like my due diligence wasn't to her and and I didn't want to feel her need to like give me a blessing of any kind or like you know, feel okay with this story being told um, that isn't her, that is a fictionalized version of her that helps Halston's story move along. Sure. So we, we um, I opted not to sort of contact her about it. And um, I don't know if she saw it or anything. I, yeah. For me, no news is good news.
0: I'm, I'm happy. <laughs>
1: You've been in this business long enough to. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. I think
1: so. I would have been the same way as you. I mean, that's quite an undertaking. Are you a big Liza fan?
2: I, I was a huge Liza fan, but I, I was an uneducated Liza fan. Gotcha. You know, I was a Liza fan in which we were, we all are to these like greats and these exceptional women, but I didn't have a breadth of knowledge of her work before I encountered her, which was what really deepened my love and adoration for her. And, and that's why the sort of caricature thing was just off the table from the beginning, because when you look at her performance, they're very grounded. They're very mm-hmm. minimal. They're very small, but they're visceral, which is what I respond into as a young person with her performances that they come from the bottom out the top. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing that's not completely from, from your toes to your mm-hmm. fingertips. And so that's why it's an easy thing to start mimicking because it's so um, it encapsulates the whole thing, but it's actually quite subtle and small. Um, this is just me nerding out about, you know, all the research that I did about it. But um, I love it. so I became an even deeper fan knowing that, you know, her performances and the way she was living her life up until, um, you know, she kind of started doing more cabaret performing was really simple and very actor focused.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool amazing okay listen we've we have other things to touch on as yeah. well but we do always like to ask our guests as we asked you all those years ago are you well i know that you're you said you're in the midst of a move
2: yes i'm in the midst of a move i am well i'm also in the midst of double duty uh which is a whole other thing and i you know am doing song time which is very difficult <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and
0: which you haven't been known to do
2: no i have not been known to do just west side um just West Side. And um, I did do, I was involved in the workshops of the Merrily uh, production that the Fiasco Theater did at Roundabout oh. a few years ago. Oh yeah, we saw that. That um, yeah, was great. So that was, I was, I did um, Beth in those workshops. Oh, so okay. that was my first real experience with like doing Sondheim and Mr. Sondheim came to see our presentation, oh. which was very lovely and, and really liked the production. So that was nice. But yeah, no, I, it's not been something that I've been kind of, preparing for certainly <laughs> um and i didn't really know into the woods at all before i started this so um i'm that has been a huge undertaking one that i felt ready for after having 7 years away from broadway mm. which is crazy wait um, that long
1: really yep
2: spring awakening revival was yep. 2015
1: Yep. Gosh, yeah. you, you you feel like one of those people who you're just like always in something. So I'm just <laughs> always like, Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, she's been on the stage all these years, but yeah. wow. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow,
2: Okay. So, I mean, of course I did Seared and, and Hercules, those, you know,
1: those were at least theatrical
2: things and I had done yeah. some off Broadway plays, but, um, but yeah, as far as Broadway, it's been seven years. So I was like ready to come back to that work. Um, but it is work. It's certainly, very you know taxing i have bruises all down the side of my leg
0: <laughs> you, do, you do like a pratfall or some sort of a tumble i right? do
2: S- multiple yes yeah. and um so there's some black and blue but Oof. um but it's and then to add on the like you know the, the double duty of it all and the move and you know all kinds of other things so uh but i, I always seem to encounter you in these times when i have multiple <laughs> things going on
0: multiple disciplines we come knocking when you're so busy exactly. we're like
2: exactly exactly (laughs) um but you know i thrive in those situations i like Mm -hmm. i like having too many things to juggle
1: to a point what inspired the move
2: um a couple things but um i'm i'm entering into a mutual cohabitation with some friends Um, i was living alone and i think the pandemic was you know enlightening about how important community is and i think COVID is still really um, threatening that community Mm -hmm. in general, especially if you're on Broadway, you have to be so careful about COVID because it's such a big, still such a big deal um, in the theater. So it just felt like an experiment. So that's what prompted the move is to to live with your family, your chosen family.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, Krista, we will get back to Into the Woods, but I don't want to say that Smash has been over-discussed because I do think that... When we talked about it, not that we were groundbreaking in our episode, I feel like (laughs) everyone has been talking about Smash. Everyone started a Smash podcast during the the pandemic and everyone's been tweeting about it. I think Playbill during the pandemic did like a live tweet and watch along with each Mm -hmm. episode of season one in early pandemic. God, we were so desperate for anything, anything. but. It has somehow gotten more popular since the last time we spoke. It's been over 10 years now. And one of the songs is going to be in Some Like It
1: Hot. It is truly...
2: It is? I didn't yes. even know that. Yeah, oh Let's Be
1: Bad is <gasps> in it. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? It's a hit. I mean, it's great. How, it's a bombshell, it. a bombshell. A yeah, bombshell yeah. tune. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. There's also a smash workshop occurring. Oh, right. Right. Um, that I was fortunate enough to be involved in. And oh, cool. um, that song is also in that. So and we might have like a... A crazy for you situation where we just yeah. get like the same song in multiple shows yes, yes. wow okay wait can I you had... say
0: anything can know, you say anything i know okay. nothing, nothing no. all. there was a video mark no. shaman put to... was it mark
2: shaman? mark shaman did and we were like under strict orders so when that came out we were like oh everyone can know we we, we at least this occurred like to us <laughs> it was like the cloak of night we had to be like brought into 42nd street studios and nobody could Speak of what it was, so That's now so that it's out there, I I can at least say what he has put out there, but I don't yeah. feel like I could go beyond that.
0: We saw Bonnie Milligan belting. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. we yes. saw Bonnie
2: Milligan. You what I, she yeah. does best.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's Have you gotten to see Kimberly Akimbo?
2: No, not yet. I mean the 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 end of the woods of it all came up so quickly. It was I had like the the meeting and then I started rehearsal in a week oh, my God. and. So I was, supp- I had tickets to Leah Michelle's first performance in Funny Girl, and it happened to be my first performance. Yes. Of in the yes. World, oh. so I we were to
1: supposed to go, out. we saw yeah. you. So I think, was that that week, Connor, that we saw? Yeah, we saw, day? we saw like the first Thursday you ran. Oh, so yeah. was that the, tw- the Oh my eighth? gosh. Eighth. That would
2: have been in the 8th. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And you were fabulous, yeah. of course.
0: And oh, then we were you. supposed to see Leah that Saturday, and she so got, she got oh, COVID. COVID.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: but we're going, we'll be seeing, we'll be going at the end of the month, so.
2: I can't wait to see Kimberly Kimbo once I'm settled into, hopefully, you know, some more time because I'm excited everyone loves it. And Steven Boyer was in, he he and I were in a TV show together. Oh yeah, was it Trial and Error? Um, Trial and Error. Mm -hmm. He's
1: great in Kimberly, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Okay, great. Wait, okay, you've just mentioned a few different things that I'm so curious about. I know. (laughs) You know, when we saw you in Into the Woods, that first week, Krista, I was so taken mm-hmm. by something, and I hope this isn't like weird to ask, but your singing voice is so clear and so strong and beautiful, and your speaking voice is kind of you got a little rasp. It's a Do riff, people right? ever ask you mm-hmm. about that, or do you, is there like, are you all right?
2: Yeah, like voice teachers <laughs> get up in my grill about it. I don't know. It's always been that way. I've always had sort of a rasp. Yeah, I don't know what the the difference is. I think it's just I speak kind of. uh, I just like lazily speak. Whereas when I'm singing, I'm maybe a little more focused. You are a California girl. Got a little little bit of
0: that vocal. I'm a California girl.
2: I got a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. I think it's like yeah. Every voice teacher, every like speech person. It's in fact, it was one. It was it came up as an issue when I was doing first Hmm. date because. I was only singing like two and a half songs, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be easy." <laughs> but the speaking for ninety minutes straight, and then the like stage during after, and the you know the all the the press and stuff that goes along with yeah. it, I was losing my voice all the time. Huh. So my speaking voice is not super
0: sustainable. Either, yeah, but well, doesn't stop me from talking. No, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now. But listen you were absolutely incredible feisty as cinderella i think that that rendition of cinderella is she the bad cinderella not the you know bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah know, seriously um you you absolutely nailed it and i i have to say it was a bit of a oh my gosh kristen into the woods it yeah. was sort of a surprise casting but you absolutely nailed it and i i love what this production has gotten to do we've seen people show different shades of their career um do you have yeah. a favorite moment to do each night
2: I do. I have a quite, a, I have a few favorite moments, but um, I really enjoy doing No One is Alone with Katie who plays Little Red. She and I really have a nice connection and I feel safe and, and have fun with her. Um, I love doing the breakup scenes, spoiler alert. with Gavin. <laughs> You know, this, this production is so um, unique. Like you had mentioned before there, it's, the business model is just like load in people for any amount of time that want to do this. It's sort of like a, they know they have something people want to do and we want to do it for a certain amount of time or whatever. So Gavin was gone. You saw, I'm sure you saw Andy. You were there early on. So Andy rehearsed with us and went in with us. And so then Gavin comes in 10 days later with an entirely new cast, essentially. (laughs) And basically has to have a put in to his show, you know, Uh, and I am just, I will always be impressed with how he was so malleable to the things that we were doing. Never once was like, this is my bit that I know I get a laugh on and you need to do it this way to set me up or whatever, which is not uncommon to receive if you're replacing. Um, is to receive like, this is the beats, these are the whatever, or some resistance from your scene partner to be like, this is the thing I know has been working. And huh. especially since there's a lot of comedy in our show, yeah. comedy is math, you know, but Gavin was willing to just like, throw out the book and start again. And so he and I have a really good time doing that scene um, together. because yeah. We just try to riff on how we're feeling, how the audience is feeling, you know, is it more funny is it more emotional is it more angry you know yeah there's a lot of fun stuff in there so i i wouldn't say that that's my favorite part to do because honestly it's hard Mm -hmm. it's like my show gets hard after the after moments in the woods. okay like once the baker's wife is gone Mm -hmm. it's now cinderella's like emotional arc yeah and it becomes like losing you know taking on the kids and last midnight and then the you know no one is alone and the breakup and it's like her whole life starts to form in that part so everyone's kind of like now at the end of their show two and a half hours in and i'm starting to like pick it up and, <laughs> and take it through the finish line so while i enjoyed doing that scene with gavin i don't know that i like my body and my heart and my mind enjoy it as mm-hmm. much as i wish it you know like because it's hard to put yourself in that position every night but sure um I do love singing. Um, for some reason, one of my favorite little like song motifs is "Shiver and Quiver, Little Tree."
0: Oh, that's so good. And I'm talking yeah.
2: to Mama, so I, I love having like my moment with Annie Baldwin and her being my mother, and like <laughs> getting to have that sweet moment, and then singing "Shiver and Quiver, Little Tree." So I think that's my favorite.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you named so many amazing moments. We've we've mm-hmm. had many of your castmates on over the last couple of months. Gavin yeah. just did our show. Um, we had Kennedy, and we had Jason and Forbach. We had. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia Lester, who you obviously missed. Fabulous. But fabulous, mm-hmm. but Katie is also terrific. Now, I think mm-hmm. I was listening to you on another podcast, which <laughs> Krista mm-hmm. <laughs> doing another podcast. <laughs> um, and you said that you saw the city center concert. Yeah. Yes. Ever think that you end up in the show? No,
2: I didn't. However, it was the first time I saw the show and thought I could. I think I have something to offer to this.
1: Wow. And was it Cinderella? It was the first,
2: you were like, it was, ooh. it was, it was Danae's performance of Cinderella was very, um, and I don't know her at all. We had never met. We just met for the first time the other day. Cause she's coming in right. to finish out the run. And I just remember seeing it being like, oh, this is actually a woman. I'm respo- I am respond to women and mm-hmm. their complexities. And the baker's wife always sort of gets the glory of being the complicated woman. Mm-hmm. But Cinderella is also quite a complicated, messy, like makes bad decisions and <laughs> has to live in the consequences and stuff. And I, the way I saw it portrayed, I thought, oh, there's some guts here that I have not been informed enough just to, to know before i hadn't seen the production before yeah i just heard the stuff the music i mean steps to the palace the 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 moral of the story is i decided not to decide like Mm -hmm. that's not the type of woman i'm normally looking for. indifference like (laughs) indifference you know um or that that's the end of her story but to watch the whole arc and realize that's just the first third of her story was very interesting to me so and like you said, this is a different color for me, a different thing that I have shown, but my, I was fortunate enough that my manager is the same manager as Philippa. And when she knew that Philippa was leaving, she was like, I think I, I think you can do this. She also believed that I could do it. So she went to the casting or, you know, the producers and said, what about Krista? And they were like, well, does she do this? And she said, let her, let her show you. So I went in, I sang steps of Palace for them. And then boom, I had the job a week later and then, Eleven days later, we were on stage performing it on Broadway. That is so crazy! I didn't know the show at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And did you know about the collaboration yet? Yes. Okay.
2: I had the collaboration first, um, and I had been wanting to come back to theater. I didn't know on what terms, and some things were made available to me, and I just they didn't feel right. And then there was something about the collaboration that spoke to me. It's a very small in in you know in a lot of ways part it's short it's one and a half little scenes Mm. um it's the it's like a total of like 12 pages of the whole script that i'm involved in and um it's but it's consequential and there was something about it that felt like i wanted to take on this character even though you know it's maybe not the kind of role that i would do normally um size wise or whatever but yeah. this is also my first play on broadway oh, oh.
1: it was time so it was time honey. it was
2: time i wanted it was like this was a nice way to check that off the list yeah. and i'm huge fans of paul and jeremy and um kwame who is the director who the show they did the show with the young vic earlier in the year okay and i just thought like yeah i want to do this so then when woods came up it really was this conflict of well, do I want to give up this idea of my first play, even though it's a small part, to to be the lead of this musical, but I'm the third Cinderella. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these qualifications these like things that you take into consideration. And we thought, why not ask if I can do both? And they said yes. So um thank here goodness we are, doing both. Thank, thank mm-hmm. goodness. And that's a shorter
0: run too, right? That mm-hmm. uh, collaboration will be a little bit quicker.
2: January, uh, end of January, and then maybe maybe knock on word through the end of February.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope to see fun. it. I mean, I love everybody in the cast. Yes, Paul Bettany, I mean, great. the vision, vision from Marvel. Oh, and...
2: Incredible. I've been a fan of his since I, you know, forever. He's just always does impeccable work and he's a super kind guy and great. And it's funny too, because the play is about Andy Warhol and Jean Michelle Basquiat. So I've been immersed in that world of Warhol and Liza and Halton, yeah. So <laughs> it feels like a nice little, you know bookend
0: you're ready did you see that that basquiat exhibit that was in new york earlier this year
2: i didn't see it but okay. there is a kind of mini version of it in um montreal right now and i had some oh. friends in montreal so they sent me some photos of the they have the, some of the collaborative works oh, cool. uh, that were made with warhol and basquiat there that's so I cool to see some of those. yeah it's beautiful
1: okay so this time of year a year ago You were doing the Spring Awakening Reunion Concert. Yes, oh
2: my God. that was a year ago? documentary,
1: (laughs) I know, can you believe? I mean, what a treat. Was it as much of a treat to you all in the cast as it was to us as longtime Guilty Ones fans, and also people who have just been so fascinated by each and every single one of you for the last, you know, 15 years, whatever, however long?
2: Yeah, no, it was such a, it was wild, like we, we started the process of thinking about doing it a year prior. So it was like December of 2020 was when um, Lauren came up with the idea and they were kind of putting feelers out.
0: You mean Lolo, right? Doesn't she go back? Lolo, yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, right. Um, and everybody immediately um, signed on, everybody across the board, entire band, entire creative team, entire cast, like, everybody said yes. And so in January of 21, we had a zoom meeting with everybody. And it was the first time we'd all like been in the same atmosphere in 15 years. And now I, I was like shaking the entire oh. time. There was something about it that was just like, this is electric and, and exciting and scary and like nerve wracking and look at all of us. And we're most of them are, are children now I mean it's just like but here we all are still and and we were really struck with how lucky we were that most of us are still around and most of us are still um you know that we we did lose a member of our team um our uh, associate director uh, b terry okay. but um beyond that you know we're all still met and how grateful we are to be able to have this moment because in the next five years that might not yeah. be the case or and then you know so it was really special. And then it was just like, then it was the reunion and then the reunion turned into the documentary and then the documentary turned into the premiere of the documentary, <laughs> which then turned into the Tony performance. It was like, all of a sudden we were in Spring Awakening. Again. It was <laughs> so wild.
0: Everyone got hotter over the years. It's crazy. I I,
2: I think so. Yeah. I didn't, you know, we were all very like nervous and <laughs> like, you know, but, but there is something about that documentary and I'm glad you brought that up. That you know, I have, of course we're all, Trapped in nostalgia sometimes, and the idea of like, oh, I was younger then and I was better then. And I remember watching that documentary being like, oh no, that girl was a pipsqueak. Like, (laughs) she had no idea what's going on. Um, And I'm so grateful to be me now. So it was a good, and to encounter these people that I knew when we were kids as adults has been really gratifying to like meet their children and their spouses and, and, um, meet each other in a more solid and secure place in our lives than we were then and that's been really
1: that's beautiful it really came across too in the doc i Mm -hmm. mean i had such an emotional experience watching it i almost feel like Mm -hmm. spring awakening that time in you know like the late the late two- 2000s before the 2010s yes. feels like the end of a of an era in in many ways like mm-hmm. social media came came a, came a knock in right. right after the way we yeah. access mm-hmm. and engage with art and performers and the community in general changed yeah. forever so it almost feels like we just got access to this this <laughs> this yeah. moment in time and was it an emotional right. experience maybe this is a silly question, but was it an, ex- an emotional experience for you to actually sit down and watch the documentary?
2: You know, it. I, to be honest, it wasn't yeah. an emotional experience. It was an out-of-body ah.
1: experience.
2: There were times in that documentary where I went, wow, that's so cool for them. Me, me, <laughs> I was there. Like, it, it. there's a distance there when you're watching your story be told. And, you know, the documentary is excellent, but really focuses on very specific stories. So when you bring in your own experience to it, that's not necessarily being reflected in the thing, it doesn't necessarily feel like the emotional trajectory of the, of your experience of it, you know, but it felt good. And it felt like we, I felt proud. I felt very proud to be a part of it. I've always felt proud to be a part of it. But, but there's also a nuance with me that's different than a lot of the cast, which is that I have another version right. of Dream Awakening, an almost more seminal version to me that, um, you know, led me to some even more deeper friendships and yeah. and hit, came to me in a time of my life of like intense transition and, um, and, you know, trauma and helped me heal. And I got to encounter these roles again as adults mm-hmm. and, you know, all of those like, I i've had two very different experiences of the show but each one equally life changing so to then put on the documentary to see like oh this is this is someone's version of their experience of that and i and some of that is my experience and like the stuff about going to the farm and all of yeah. that so nostalgic and very mm-hmm. emotional
0: i loved that part <laughs> but,
2: but another part of it is that you know that yeah we all had other things happening in our lives that speak to our experience in that show mm-hmm. so yeah
0: that's totally fair i mean you spoke at great length in our last episode about how you were in chemotherapy at the time of starting yeah. the deaf west production i think we need a, another documentary
1: yeah we did maybe a docu-series
0: yeah. about the deaf west production uh,
2: just all spring awakenings. Yes. yeah
0: uh-huh. <laughs> i mean we've had quite we've had quite a few of those cast members on too. i mean your bestie andy that's was awesome. on the pod at one point yeah and-
1: were you shocked watching the doc when leah was like john took a lamp up to my vagina to take a look were
0: you <laughs> no <laughs>
2: <laughs> no not shocked at all <laughs> not at all um you know they we literally watched them have you know simulate sex every day yeah. with our faces up in right it, there was really no there was no um separation between any of us and like that was um yeah, they're very close. They've always been that close. And that was just like bound to happen with that show at that time with those people yeah. and that with that like energy. And um, yeah, so I think, yeah, no, no, not surprised in the <laughs> least. And I, I think she'd do it today. You know, <laughs> to we, we would all, you know, I, we have, I have an experience of, cause I, this is just a random story that I thought of but um, I when I would go on for Leah, I didn't do full nudity okay. that was like part of my
1: my respectful that would, be, that. that would be that would my mm-hmm. contract too so i totally get it i yeah. totally get it
2: um so basically how we would we would solve the issue is that like he would undo my blouse he would open the side of it and look in himself okay. and then put his hand over my breast and then so all you would see was his hand mm-hmm. on my on my breast uh, with the dress still open but Um, the first time I went on, Leah got sick at half hour. So I had to go on at half hour, having had no rehearsal, Mm -hmm. like never once done it. And I'm on the floor of, of Jonathan's dressing room, like with my legs up in the air with a stage manager sitting in front of us going, okay, now you untie the blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) and him, I was, I'll never forget. And we talk about it all the time. Him with his like face over me going, I'm going to undo this now. I'm going to look at you now. (laughs) And it was like, okay. He's like, do I have permission to look inside oh. your shirt, you know? And I'm like, yes. And so he did. And we did it. And so he used to be like, he's like, I'm the only one that's seen your right boo. <laughs>
0: that's so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: very sweet. So like, yeah, these these conversations were having to be had around this stuff. And, you know, Jonathan's just the greatest person to have encountered that before the conversations were even, yeah. you know, had in that
0: Like, way. Was
1: there even was an intimacy respectful. person? As a part of the no. team at that point, no, no that's no, not
2: even close. No, not even that's close. So yeah. interesting.
1: Is the Spring Awakening group chat still active?
2: It is. It's less active, and frankly, I'm happy about that. Yeah. A group chat Ugh. just makes my eye go twitchy. I know. Um, but we have we've splintered off too, and like I've gotten to reconnect with some of the people that I wouldn't normally have, who have now become more closer friends. So I'm happy to be having those chats as well. So but yeah, special. the group chat is. For things that involve all of us yeah which is now that we're not involved all the time or our last thing
0: yeah Aww, well thank you for indulging it. us it, we we wouldn't be an episode of drama if we didn't talk about spring awakening once. it's become <laughs> a theme yeah. very early on people were like god you guys talk about spring awakening every episode but it's yeah. just well
1: it was such a ring of keys moment for us
0: yeah of course, yes. of course. speaking of it's become a, a very um thematic part of our podcast people really mm-hmm. they use it casually whether we didn't coin it but you know everyone knows what it means yeah of course you told us about Annie you told us about the great equalizer yeah. and you'd even said to us, you should keep a tally of how many people say Annie, like they do with Meadowlark at 54. Do you we yes? lost count. Do you we totally lost count. Uh, it is bad. And Chris, <laughs> if I have to hear about I it again, if I have to hear about it again, my God, but
2: you, you did. I told you. did. You. Prophetic. Ruining lives since 1977, <laughs> I say. All
0: the Damn time. you, Andrea McArdle and Sarah Jessica Parker.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Do you, have you had a moment that has sort of reignited your love of the arts in the meanwhile, a new ring of keys moment, you know, you mentioned things might've come your way that just didn't feel right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I think we all kind of got a little burnt out during the pandemic of things. Was there any sort of moments live taped, recorded, virtual old records you found anything that might be,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have so yeah. many, I could go on and on and on. So I'll try to keep it, keep it brief or narrow it down to a few. Um, as we're talking, I, I, I would re- be remiss to say that if I didn't say that Spring Awakening was also one of yeah. those, the original Spring Awakening for me was a a brand new kind of ring mm-hmm. of Peace moment which is one of the things that the Annie thing taught me was like a girl my age can be on stage and like right. can be the focus of a show similarly Spring Awakening did a, a girl my age can have a show with real stakes can have uh, you know, a, a situation that's not just at my locker talking about boys <laughs> or like, you know, just being there to be a foil to the adults. It's like, this was our, this was our Lord of the flies. Yeah. Like we were, we got to be in charge and, and, um, and still have all the stakes that you want in the thing. So that, that really changed my, my life in that way. Um, I love that. And then I would say I had a, I had another, my ring of keys moment would be again, like Uh, this was earlier than the pandemic um, but right around when I was doing what we're up against uh, before that I did a show I mean I'm sorry I did Seared I did a show called what we're up against which was uh, my first Teresa Rubick play that Mm -hmm. I did and um, up until that point I had felt like I was starting to get into these roles where I'm like the smartest person in the room like the woman is always like rolling her eyes at the men who are just like behaving badly it's it's very much that like king of queens wife Mm -hmm.
0: sort of come on
1: leah remini Remini. (laughs) yeah
2: the leah remini um and also that like you know kevin kevin can f himself himself show that came out you Uh know uh about how like that woman is just not interesting and they don't let her be exactly and i started um i started like and this might, I don't know how this will sound, but like I started, if a a role would come through and the first description was beautiful, I would Mm. say no. I would just pass on the part. If it was just like, you know, whip smart, beautiful, I would say Mm. no, because I'm like, if you don't have more to say about your character, then you won't care about her as much as I care about Mm. her and you won't write for her well enough. That's like- for like a tv show where you have to like let somebody go on an arc so it was just like an experiment of mine through a few years where i just was like if it says beautiful anywhere in the description or if it says like hot or like whatever i'm not interested so the
0: casting descriptions will say that
2: oh yeah uh, for women uh, oh, oh my god
0: my. okay i had i mean i'm obviously not an actor so i would never have known that so
2: no you'll get a you'll get a breakdown like I, i'll audition with my male friends you'll get a breakdown for male it's like still grappling with the death of his father, (laughs) you know, rugged and you know, he's, you know, he will always be afraid of ghosts (laughs) under his bed. Like you'll just get this huge, like minute description of like his favorite colors, yellow. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be like, you know, Kara gorgeous Mm -hmm. 26. And that's it. That's all you'll
0: get.
2: Or like, girl next door doesn't know how cute she mm. is, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm like, I want to play the woman who knows how cute yeah. she is, frankly, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> it just started becoming become this running theme. And of course it, it occurs in a time when um, I, me as a woman was changing. I was, you know, now I'm early to mid thirties. I had gone through breast cancer. Oh. A lot of things had like changed about my body and, you're grappling with, you, you know, on the one hand, of course, you want to be hot, you want people to say <laughs> you want to get cast as the beautiful woman. But it's also now the least interesting thing about mm. you as you get older, like what you look like, and you know, in your heart, it's the least interesting thing about me. But it's still the thing people want you to present to them, yeah. that they feel entitled to your looks and your beauty and your, um, you know, your the way you present yourself. And so I just took a stand on that. And it led me to way more interesting art, which led to what we're up against and then Seared and and Liza, oh. and um, the way that I tried to approach Meg and Hercules and things that were, um, you know, Meg was the original feminist Disney princess. Oh, yeah. And even that needed a little updating mm-hmm. after 20 years. Yeah. So <laughs> I felt like I had the, and now Cinderella mm-hmm. is getting, you know, that sort of update. So anyway. I guess if that can be considered a ring of keys moment is like the opposite of being like, I need to take a stand on how I, um, how I treat myself in this business and what I value about myself and my contributions. And now it's led me to much more interesting and cool work.
0: Yeah. I completely understand. I love that you are so vocal about that too. Now, I don't know. I don't remember specifically if this would qualify as one of those projects, However, the bitch who stole Christmas. This new holiday oh, classic. Yeah. Your character was extremely smart and had a lot going on yeah. for her. Yeah, I am like a Drag Race super fan. <laughs> we both so are, but Dylan fantastic. more than me. When it was announced fantastic. that you were like the lead of this project, Krista, yeah. how the heck did this happen?
2: They came to me. Oh they offered God. it to me. I can't believe it. I I just got like you know. I think I believe it was a casting agent that knew me from something else and just thought about it. And I I was a drag race fan as well, but not in like not in every night or every, you know, every week, you know, I didn't know all the queens. Um, but now I do. <laughs> and um <laughs> but I was like I it's a very you saw the I'm oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. It's a very like campy, like high camp. And it just felt like I, I thought we could have fun with it. Yeah. And I almost would rather send up a holiday movie than do one in her. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, I
2: would, I, like, it felt to me like this is a way to have a holiday classic, maybe. Oh, yeah, it is. But, Especially for the gays. But <laughs> the tongue is firmly in cheek. Like, there is no let up on that. And it was a fun experiment. And I also was like, well, I guess I should solidify myself as a gay icon now, Should go from follow up live with Rue. Oh, yes.
1: Well, you did. It was the campiest thing I've seen in years. Mm
2: -hmm, We mm
1: -hmm. loved it. We absolutely loved it. Now, I do need to know, maybe you can't say, were you ever actually filming with Rupaul or was
0: (laughs) We were seeing some green screen realness.
1: (laughs)
2: There was a couple scenes. There was like a a few things where we were in the same. Okay, I love
0: it. Which
2: was very like the the scene of us slapping each other on top of the Christmas tree. Oh yes, that we were in the same space. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure.
0: The finale. That one, but yeah, yeah, when y'all were in the yeah no,
2: that no, we were not in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and the opening scene, we are not in the same place either. Um, That's so funny. You know, movie magic.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) and. Adding to the camp factor, oh, frankly, I mean. We
0: love that kind of stuff. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, that was amazing. Any Queens in yeah. particular that you really connected with?
2: My four main Queens, mm-hmm. which were Peppermint, um, Ginger Minj, uh Brooklyn Heights, and Sport,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, became a really like close knit group of people. We, So we were shooting that movie in July in LA. <laughs> We are not only, it's not only July in LA in like the desert Santa Clarita area. It's 105 degrees outside. We're all in Christmas clothes and drag. Yeah. So they realized very early on that we couldn't shoot during the day. Mm. So they turned all the daytime scenes into nighttime scenes. And we shot overnights for three weeks on that. Oh my God. We would start work at 5 PM and finish at 5 AM every
1: night. That's brutal.
2: Brutal. And even then it was 75 degrees, you know, 80 degrees. It was so hot at night and um, but it was the the timing was brutal. And so we would like finish doing the thing. And in order to kind of stay up, we would drive to the hotel that a lot of them were staying in and we would have breakfast at like six in the morning together and get waffles and like we'd go or we'd go to IHOP or something. So we got really close. In fact, Jan is coming to see my show tonight. Oh, good. What's tonight? Um, and Brooklyn and I got very close too. So the the four of us were a really close knit. Um, we leaned on each other a lot for all that that time. And um, I came to respect their artistry so much more. Mm-hmm. I already did, but like, it's unbelievable what what they are all capable of doing and and is required of them. Oh it's, yeah, it's, ex-
0: it's excellent. I'm trying to think, July. I mean, they're usually filming Drag Race and All Stars and things like that at the same time. So I'm sure some of the queens were, were doing double duty. In- that's crazy. Yes, they
2: were doing, um, Raven was one of our, like, had a little guest spot mm-hmm. in it and had to miss, leave shooting early because they were doing the finale of one season, I can't remember, and then All Stars was uh, continually happening. So, okay. like, um, Jan's star turn on All Stars oh. aired while we were shooting the
0: oh my god that's so funny jan, I li- yes. chris i don't even know if i mentioned this i live in columbus ohio now i moved back to ohio since no. i've had a wonderful change of i don't work at 54 below anymore you know things are things no. are different for the best and jan all those queens come through columbus is a huge drag town mm-hmm. And i've met jan a few times ginger was just here brooklyn was here over this summer yeah. so peppermint did the pod
1: i mean it's they're all good Amazing. people all good people yeah I would love to get you on. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for indulging us in all of our questions about, <laughs> you know, The Bitch Is So Christmas and Rue and Green Screens and The Queens. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's well, almost time to watch it again. So I it's know. I, really. Oh, my God. Tis the season and the Spring Awakening doc, honestly. But, okay. Yeah. So, okay. before we say goodbye on this historic return episode Mm -hmm. we do have to give our listeners something to think about some drama a dose of drama in fact our titular segment where we share the drama Mm -hmm. that we've been consuming or thinking about or you know just something we want to get off our chests dylan do you want to kick us off today with a dose of drama i
0: do and i'm curious krista if you have any thoughts i saw a local production of rent the other day And what's so funny about Rent is, it felt like it is a period piece now. It obviously wasn't written to be, there was no year specification in Rent until the movie came out. And they specifically set it in like 89 or 90 or something like that.
2: I see. Which made
0: like some of the references actually not work canonically. But anyways, you're obviously in the Larson extended universe being part of the, Uh the Larson project. Is there a world in which Rent can stray away from its iconic original staging, choreography, anything, and it, se- it still works. Because every production I've seen, they use a similar set. The costume, Mark has a scarf. Mimi has leopard print. It always feels sort of similar. And I know that they did a London revival that, did modernize it
1: and it completely flopped. Like, oh yeah, they put right like the a really <laughs> sexy mark in it. They did, yeah, they did. yeah, yeah. They I don't did. know if Mark can be that. Although, you know, I guess the, he can. A lot of sexy are, guys play yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I was just thinking, could this ever work in like a, a different? You know, people with revivals will always try and theme it differently. I think I remember you jokingly said one day they're going to do a Spring Awakening revival in an asylum. Yes. But yeah, yeah, but could it work differently? And I don't know if it could.
2: I mean it depends on how much liberties would be willing to take because the 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 outside threats were very different right. at that time. Although they were pandemic Mm -hmm. and they were, you know, they were economic and we actually are living in a time more similarly aligned with that time. So if you wanted to take it out of that pandemic and put it in another pandemic, Mm -hmm. potentially, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know if that that sounds like a bad idea. It takes away the
0: heart, um, you know, about the angel and the community and stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think like. I think there's a way to keep it a period piece, but update the things around it and reinvest in different parts Mm -hmm. that are there. I think one of the, you know, one of the tragedies of Jonathan Larson's passing is this idea that this has to be a, a memorial to him rather than a living and breathing piece that can sustain stretching and um, you know, and, and beating up for lack of a better word, you know, I think like, you know, what, what to bring up Sondheim, what he was so good at is, knowing that his pieces are not finished mm-hmm. they are not museum pieces they are meant to and that's how they can kind of stay relevant yeah. through different eras because it the, the the themes are universal and the way that the things you choose to focus on and shine a light on um, are different. yeah so um, all good I points. think that yeah interesting I think getting the kind of dust off of it and saying we're gonna see if this can withstand some some wear and tear
0: yeah, C- could do some good. Yeah. I mean, the answering machines are iconic though. I mean, does anyone yes. have an answering machine anymore? I don't know. That's what <laughs> I
2: mean. Keep it as a period. Yeah. Keep it as a period yeah. piece. People are nostalgic for that time. Absolutely. You
0: know? Oh, for sure. 100%. Um, have you ever done Rhett, Mimi, or no. would you be Mimi or would you be Maureen?
2: Well, this is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> this was, this, when I was kind of coming up in the biz, I was always on the sheep and swing. Okay. Because I was, I'm was i sort of in the middle yeah. of both. Um, but probably, I mean, I would probably want to blame Mimi, but would probably be a better Joanne.
0: Oh, a uh, Joanne, okay. Yeah. Oh, you'd slay We're Okay, you would. nearly mm, Merely, yes, mean. I mean, come on, yes. come on, come on. All right, that's my drama and I'm sticking with it. Okay. All right, I All love right, it, Connor.
1: Okay. I'm just gonna say this fall, I have never had as much fun as I am right now going to see theater and then talking to people about it because it feels like everyone has a different take on truly everything. Mm -hmm. People are loving or hating or being in the middle. And I, I don't know if maybe I'm just recognizing it now because it's the first like sort of robust theater season we've had since the pandemic, but oh my gosh, I'll go see something on a Tuesday that my coworker saw on you know Sunday and we both have completely different views and it is just so fun to talk about and that's part of why I love doing this podcast. And being in the industry is because I love that we all can see art and it can mean. Mm So different things to us, whether or not the content sticks out to us as good or bad or the performances are good or bad or the way it made us feel It, it just is so revitalizing to the soul and i'm just. I'm I'm almost more excited to see things just so I can talk about them with people. So hmm. I guess the drama is just that I am fortunate to be in New York in this time and it really feels like a really exciting theatrical season. Like I saw a little life at Bam a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and I loved and hated parts about it. And it's that is the most fun type of art to talk about with people when you can yeah. recognize all the things that meant a lot to you or didn't. So anyway. Drama is, that's great. It's never been more dramatic, is what I'll that's say. That's why I There's, miss the yeah. city.
0: I miss the city for that reason. But I know, yeah. I know.
1: Anyway, Ari right, Krista, do you have a dose of drama to end the pod with on this fine day?
2: This is what I, this has been on my mind lately. Okay. Being on Broadway with COVID is so much different than being on Broadway without COVID. And I really miss exactly what you're talking about is like there was, there used to be an element of theater. And why we do it is that is the community aspect of it. It's the it's the like the the backstage culture, the stage door culture, the glass house tavern culture, <laughs> <Yeah. right?
0: laughs>
2: or the Broadway and Bryant Park. All the shows are together, and you and so like. Um, I miss, I miss being able to have like a show crush. Ooh. I miss being able to have like, you know, somebody that you're like excited to show up to work, just to like be around or like excited to go to glass house and hope that person from that other show is there. So you could like, you know, talk to them or whatever. And like, Oh, I, I saw them at the NTC gala. And then I saw them at the, you know, at the blah, blah, blah. And then we, and then we, we, we connected again, you know, all this, <laughs> like Dama Kodama, like yeah, Kodama's oh, oh, Rip. Like, yeah. The real, like, you know, I mean then we did a fifty-four below concert. <laughs> like I just I'm missing a little bit of drama, yeah. frankly. We need a little more drama okay. back in drama. Okay. That's my that's my thing. So hopefully COVID goes by the wayside soon and we can all just start, you know, being that communal mess of like grimy, gritty theater folk that we all yes. were before and these very clean, sterile machines of performance. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I hear you. I hear Amen. you. And from your lips, I, I think that's, for multiple reasons, I think that, I hope that happens. Um, yes. Krista, you are a dream and a half once again. Thank you so much for doing our, our podcast. So
2: thrilled to be back.
0: Yay. Thank you. Thank you.
2: We'll go out for another four
0: years. Hey! Right, four more years. Um, okay, so <laughs> you're active on Instagram. I know you left Twitter yes oh you're on twitter but you're not active on twitter right no yeah yeah, yeah.
2: i don't look at it so you're
0: krista underscore rod everyone should of course follow along because you've got some cool stuff coming and yeah you're always looking so glamorous yeah um, you are gonna... oh my god oh, i feel like i'm most... always
1: shaking when you post like a photo shoot or something
2: <laughs> except for me now in the middle of this like yes. place in my gym clothes so <laughs> you see the real me
1: this is a real mm-hmm. the real be real krista. be real be- be real. Being real with Krista <laughs> Rod Alright well thank you again for doing the show everyone should follow you See you in Into the Woods see you in the collaboration And while they're following you they should Follow the drama podcast follow me yes. at Connor McDowell and Dylan at Dylan McDowell Dylan thanks for all these fun years and here's tomorrow uh, ahead Here's tomorrow, Krista thank you Thank you Krista can, can you say it With us at the end
0: we're going to say The title of the podcast would you mind if we did of It course. together alright Connor yes. and Krista I will See you both next time
1: Drama, drama.